2: In my new book,
0: With Mark Tim, mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com
2: and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com.
0: Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be interviewing Sterling a love Lady from the law firm of Sessoms Black. Sterling, thanks so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Uh, Let's go back in time a little bit. What inspired you to go to law school in the first place?
2: So it was actually my dad. So my dad is a a blue collar worker. He worked on cars his whole life um, and always told me, you know, you should be a lawyer. You can do whatever you want. You get your law degree. You know, he'd take me to work with him over spring break and say, look, see, you don't want to do this for a living. So to him, you know, being a lawyer was kind of the pinnacle. Um, I was very blessed to have parents who were very hard workers, both of them, you know, worked their way up the chain. and. It really inspired me to, to achieve the highest level of education that I could. And so that was really my inspiration.
0: And then uh, before that, you were a, you played offensive lineman uh, with the Florida State Seminoles football team and won a BCS national championship, right?
2: I did. I did. So that's my claim to fame, if you will. I lucked out. I, I got a few eyes on me when I was leaving high school. I got recruited there and, and was offered a scholarship there. So I'm very fortunate to get on a good team. Um, all 22 starters on that team went on to play in the NFL. So it was just absolutely uh, an incredible experience. I always tell people I, I loved it. I just, I wouldn't want to do it again. I was pretty beat up when I left, but I had a great time.
0: Well, congratulations on that. And then after law school, how did you arrive at the area of specialization of family law? Uh,
2: by pure chance. I never expected to be practicing divorce and and family law, but I sort of wound up there by finding things I didn't want to do. So um, I had a few internships at different firms. I always expected I'd go to a big firm, you know, um, and work with hundreds of other lawyers and, you know, the big cases they hear of. And I tried that for a summer and I didn't like it. Um, frankly, I didn't like being in a big environment It's sort of pushing numbers. And so I was very fortunate that one of our partners, uh, Jennifer Ficarota, actually was teaching at Stetson where I went to law school for a semester. And she taught family law. And I just happened to sign up for a class. Didn't know her at the time. Um, and when the class was over, she you know, kind of made a joke like, you should come work for me. And I said, no, I don't think so. It's not for me. I don't, you know, I don't think I want to do that every day. And after doing some other uh, internships, I actually ended up calling her later on and said, hey, remember me? And you still had that opportunity, and I was very fortunate that she did, so I, I started clerking at our firm during law school, and just loved the people, and I loved being hands-on. And I, I got my law degree because I wanted to help people hands-on. And it turns out family law is an incredible opportunity really to help people at their worst, and you can really make the situation much better. So that's what I enjoyed about it.
0: That makes total sense. If someone were to ask you, what does a family lawyer do? What do you, what does your day look like for you? What are the types of clients that you work with and how do you help them?
2: So at our firm, we specialize in, um, in only marital and family law. So that makes us unique in the sense that we we have a niche in high net worth divorce cases. We do divorces, custody work and premarital agreements and that sort of thing. But for the most part, we, Our clients are business owners, professionals, athletes, actors, those sorts of clients. We're very boutique in the sense that we don't have a huge caseload, but we have uh, a shorter list of cases that are much more detailed and um, and involve much greater assets and things like that. Um, As far as day-to-day, majority of our cases settle. The majority of cases in family court settle. I don't know the percentage, but it's very high. Um, So the majority of the time, we're negotiating settlements. You know, I tell people we're we're helping helping individuals strategically exit their marriage. I mean, they're business partners with this person sometimes for six months, sometimes for 60 years. And we've had the broad spectrum of people that have been married short-term, long-term. But at the end of the day, they've made the decision to separate. And we're helping them basically dissolve what essentially is a business between the two of them, which involves assets and liabilities. And the on the other end of the spectrum is the kids, right? We always separate the money from the kids very important to me that we don't involve those two things um so on one end it's a business on the other end you have two people that have to work with each other at least until the kids are 18 and so those two between those two aspects that's what i like about the job it's always something different and so day to day we're negotiating settlements you know we're putting clients in contact with other professionals that can help them in their marriages and in parenting um, and then occasionally we go to trials and trial last week, which is unfortunate. We never want to get that far, but sometimes we have to. Um, so there's a good balance between settlements, negotiations and preparing and going to litigation.
0: What are some of the most common mistakes you see couples making when it comes to either ending a relationship or discussing co- child custody?
2: I'd say biggest mistakes is thinking that they don't need legal representation. Right. And so a lot of times we get a case that's been pending for six months or a year or even worse, that they did the divorce by themselves. And now it's a disaster. Um, I think the biggest mistake people make, even if they can't afford representation, a big mistake is not at least consulting with a lawyer and getting a general idea of what the law is, Um, because without the baseline knowledge of what the law is, you really have no idea where to start in negotiation. So a lot of times people think, really the biggest mistake probably is people settle and just say, we'll work it out as time goes. And, you know, you find pretty quickly that two people that have decided to end their marriage turns out they're not that great at communicating and they're really not that great at getting along. And so that doesn't change after they separate. And so, a lot of times it's a year later or two years later, people come back and they say, well, it was, everything was peachy at the time and we just worked it out. But now I have a new spouse, they have a new spouse and we can't get along. Um, so I, I think that's probably the biggest mistake is not having the representation and not having a good agreement that can predict future issues.
0: Absolutely. What are some of the biggest misconceptions people have about what you do?
2: So I think some of the biggest misconceptions about what I do, and I've, you know, the, the only personal attacks I get is when people say like, oh, well, you represented this person and you, you did this or that. The biggest misconception is that we really make any decisions. I don't make any real decisions other than some strategy decisions as far as how to advise the client. The client is the one that makes the decisions. My job is to give them options about what they could or could not do in the divorce. And then they ultimately make the decision. So I tell people all the time on the the other side of the case, if I ever have the opportunity to talk to them, whether they're pro se or or whether their lawyer allows me to, to make a comment here and there, I tell them, look, it's not personal. I'm not making any decisions. We have a, a strategy here, the client makes the decisions, and then we go with it. Obviously, I'm not going to represent a client who makes irrational decisions, and I'm not going to put my name on the line for someone who, who makes a decision that I, I don't agree with to the extent that it's you know, irrational or force or doesn't make any sense. But uh, for the most part, I think that's the biggest misconception is that the lawyer is you know, the one steering the boat, and it really shouldn't be that way.
0: You've achieved so much success in your career and for your clients. What's your biggest challenge now?
2: Well, for me, I see myself as really still a very young lawyer. I mean, I, the biggest challenge for me is probably continuing to build the reputation consistent with our firm. Right? So I'm, I'm sort of staying on the shoulder of giants here at the firm. And I, when I come into a case, you know, the firm name is recognized, and that gives me a lot of credibility but really the monkey on my back is my job is to continue that reputation. right? continue to to put out quality material and to continue to do everything with excellence. And so really I'm fortunate that I've already come into a place that has that reputation. So I don't have to build it, but I have to maintain. How do
0: clients find you?
2: Uh, Clients find us generally through other referrals from other lawyers. So the 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 base of our clientele is from referrals. We don't do any marketing, any advertising, or anything of that nature. Um, We find generally the best clients come through other sources, other lawyers, other professionals. Um, For example, you might have an estate planning attorney that's done your will, and then you trust them to give you a referral, and that's how we find clients. Uh, We also have a website that's generally just for information. Once they have our name, they can do research on us.
0: What do you like best about what you do? Your passion's obvious. What I like best
2: is just the being able to help people in a very real world situation, right? So I tried some other areas of law. I tried environmental law for a summer. And just the idea of being so passionate about something and not really understanding the science and all that I couldn't get into it, right? And so What I found is that people come to you with very practical problems and I've always taken pride in myself and just being a very practical person, right? So just being able to have someone come in at their worst. And as someone told me years ago, and I love this, is that uh, if you're a criminal attorney, you see bad people at their best in court. If you're a family law attorney, you see good people at their worst. And so it's, you know, it's that balance of, you have to understand clients come in, they're irritated, they're, they're upset, they're crying in your office, but that's just a snapshot of their life. And it's my job to help them come in and make the situation better as best I can. And so I've had clients, you know, go through a year of just agonizing separation. And six months later, they call me and say, thank you so much for helping me through that. Um, You know, you were so calm, you were so helpful. And those are the cases I like. That's what keeps me going, really, is knowing that someone trusted me to help them through what's usually the most difficult event in someone's life. You know, absent death of a loved one, a divorce is, is really a, you know, a quite tragic thing on most people, and it leaves an impression on them. And so um, I take pride in knowing that when a client leaves my office, they, they know the spectrum of possibilities. I've set their expectations, and I've really helped them through a difficult time.
0: You advise clients every day. What's the best advice you've ever been given?
1: Huh.
2: The best advice I've been given, really, in this, in this industry... Um, is to let the client make the decision at the end of the day, because you know people often ask me, "Well, how do you how do you you know handle the stress of this and, and all these people's problems?" And I tell them, I don't take it on myself. I leave it at work, because all I can do is take the input that the client's given me. All these bad facts, you know, everyone has a story. It's the other person's fault. All these terrible things. I don't go to sleep at night with those on my shoulder because I take those in. I analyze the facts. I compare it to what the legal argument is going to be or what the law is, and I give them their options. Right? If I made the decisions, I probably would not still be practicing family law because, you know, and that's the reason why I think it's so very difficult on our judges is they're the one having to make the decision. I'm not. I'm giving them options. If we go to court, I present what I think the options are, and the judge makes the decision. So, I think really that's the best advice I've ever been given: is, is leave it at home. I mean, leave it at work. Don't take it home and let the clients make
0: the decisions. For our viewers and listeners, a quick legal disclaimer. Um, Sterling is in the state of Florida. We are not giving any legal advice on this podcast. And uh, if you are in a different state, please seek representation where you are. Sterling, for our folks who are watching and listening and want to learn more, where is the best place for them to go to learn more about you?
2: Uh, yeah, so the best place to go to learn about us is on our website. It's um, I think they're in the process of changing, but it's... SPCF Family Law. So Sesame's Black is the new name. Um, they can find
0: us online. All right. We'll put that link in the show notes. Uh, thank you. We know your time is incredibly valuable. A special th- shout out to Robert Lehman, the financial advisor who introduced us. Sterling, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks everybody for watching or listening. We'll talk to you or see you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level, but need capital to get it done?